What's up, nerds? We are Jay and Abel, and this is episode 27 of the Stay Nerdy Podcast. Folks, we are two adults who love talking about the latest and greatest in TV, movies, comic books, and everything in between. 27! Boop, 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 boop! We're Man. one closer to 100. yeah we're um we're approaching july 9th which is the one year anniversary date of the first day that we released this podcast i it seems like yesterday i listened to that like i was (laughs) mowing the lawn on a saturday afternoon nice yeah i I can't believe it's gonna be like a year later yeah you know and it falls on black widow day what mm, july 9th it was meant to be it there was meant go. to be <laughs> the 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 marvel cinematic universe planets have aligned it has yep <laughs> um, so how was your weekend how's it oh, going how was father's day father's day was good like i said uh we went out saturday to celebrate mm-hmm. uh we had a, a nice italian meal guys if you're ever in the Lake Nona area of Florida. I highly recommend going to Pizza Italia and try the carbonara. When you go there, let them know that Abel from the Stay Nerdy Podcast sent you. <laughs> they might not know who the hell you're talking about, <laughs> but it, it might give us some more followers. <laughs> there you go. No discounts or anything, but hey, good food. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no discounts, and that's about it. That's all I did, really, was just... Just relax and nothing really happened. Like nothing out of the ordinary. It was just a, just a, a stay home, relax sort of day. Nice. Yeah, nothing really. Nothing real at all. How about you? Um, well, I was with my dad. Uh, we went to eat sushi. I saw that. That sushi looks so good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we went to my favorite place, Amora on Sand Lake. So good. My favorite place. They have... Um, I think it's one of the only places I've been to that I've ever seen my favorite roll, which is, um, well, there's two. There's the Mango Tango roll and the New York Tower. Okay. Um, the New York Tower is like a rectangular, like tall, I guess you could call it a roll. It's like a tall rectangular um, little tower of rice. And then it's got crab and it's topped with a piece of Kobe beef. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So good. It sounds so scrumptious. It's delicious. That and mango tango, which is, um, tempura shrimp and it's topped with mango. So good. Amores in Sand Lake, favorite place ever. My dad and I tore some sushi up. Well, there you go. Well, guys, if you're ever in the Sand Lake area, <laughs> then we highly recommend. <laughs> recommend. Yeah, so good. Um, but yeah, we were there for a while, and my dad's my dad's embarrassing. My dad's like one of those dads that he feels the need to carry on a conversation with anyone and everyone. Okay. Yeah. So yes. it's like <laughs> I'm like trying to tell him, like, can you just shut up and let the waitress do her job because she's got work to do and you're chit chatting and she doesn't give a shit about you, so just shut up. She's got tables to flip. She's got tables to flip. She's got uh, waitress stuff to do. Yeah, like the poor lady. Like, he's like, oh, so what's your name? Where are you from? Interest in accents. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) You're so fucking embarrassing. Stop. 
gosh, Dad, why? I know. I had to leave her like an extra big tip just for bothering the poor thing. Oh my god, that's so funny. He's embarrassing. He's one of those. Yeah, that it's like so... the, the waitress doesn't care what your name is. She really doesn't. So just shut up. She doesn't care where you're from. She doesn't <laughs> care how many times you've been here. Just stop. Stop. Oh my god. But That's yeah. too funny. Well, yeah. it sounds like both of us had a quite the culinary adventure through different nations. <laughs> Italy, <laughs> Japan. All over the world, man. All, all over the world in, in less than 48 hours. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Good. But yeah, so... And that leads into a rather boring week up until Wednesdays. Yeah, yeah. It was a pretty boring week. Like, what did I do this? I mean, I, I caught up on Superman and Lewis. Um, I have it, to catch on to that. I keep I was, telling It's in my queue, and I just I, I haven't gotten back to it. I was surprised at how good that show was. Because when the CW started with, like, The Flash and Arrow, mm-hmm. like, I really enjoyed the first few seasons of Arrow. And I really enjoyed the first few seasons of Flash. And then it kind of got just way too, I don't know, cheesy mm-hmm. in a way. Like, they were, they, were, they were doing so many things. Like, they were just adding way too many layers. And I kind of just lost track. Yeah. And CW then, pulled the CW. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they did. And then, like, when I found out about Superman, I was like, all right, let me watch it. And I was like, damn, this is, like, re- actually pretty good. It's yeah. like Superman and Lois, they're married, they got twin boys, they live in Smallville. Wow. You know, it's it's really good. And the guy that plays um, Clark Kent, he's a phen- he does a phenomenal job. Is it in any way related to Smallville, or is it something no. totally separate? Totally separate. Cool. Totally separate. But yeah, it was, like I said, super good. So I watched that. Let me see. I saw the, the trailer for uh, Suicide Squad, the second one. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, this trailer was much better. Right? <laughs> much better than the first one. It almost seemed like a James Gunn trailer, and the first one was like a, a Warner Brothers trailer. Yeah. Like, this one had a more James Gunn vibe to it. Yeah, it was way more interesting. Yeah, which made me really more excited to watch the movie. Yes. I was uh, not impressed with the first trailer the first time around. This one, yeah, I can get on board with it. No, yeah, they they add some context to it. You know, they they establish that Idris Elba's character is like the main person mm-hmm. um, that's going to lead the Suicide Squad, and I like how they say that he put Superman in the hospital with the kryptonite bullet. That's amazing. Yeah, I I love I love that. I think that's super cool. And what I love about James Gunn and what he did with like the Guardians was he took this group of comic book heroes that nobody gave two shits about. Mm-hmm. Right. Nobody cared about Groot or Rocket Raccoon or Gamora or mm-hmm. Peter Quill. None of that. Right. They were like D level characters. And he made this movie and he like like did this amazing 180. And yeah. and now these characters in the comic books are like massive. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like huge. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited to see what he's going to do with these characters. Like, um, there's one guy named, I think it's like Polka Dot Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that actor, his name escapes me. And he's been in a few things here and there. And he I, plays kind of obscure roles. Yeah. yeah. And like, the, the one that I know him the most from is he was in The Dark Knight. And he was like one of the cops or one of the Joker thugs dressed up as a cop. That Harvey Dent like took away in the in the police SWAT car, mm-hmm. and like he said, he does these obscure, weird roles, but yeah, he's really he's he's solid. And I watched an interview with him, and 
you know, he said, and this is what, you know, made me lucky even more. He said, I've been a comic book geek since I was a kid. Yeah. And I've, I've been reading Marvel and DC and to be part of, you know, a, a, a comic book movie is huge. I'm like, oh, I like the guy already. Yeah. It's always better when they're an actual fan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah, but it looks, it looks pretty decent. I mean, I'm, I'm excited about it. It does. Speaking of trailers, <laughs> we just saw minutes ago. Yes. <laughs> the new Shang-Chi tra- trailer. Oh. Oh my god! Those it those so fu- good. Those fucking rings. Holy oh, shit! So good. Holy shit! The way he's the way the dad uses those rings, and mm-hmm. then you know how they add a little bit more context to everything, and the, where they show his mom fighting. Yes. And doing yes. that crouching tiger head and dragon like yes. wind shit. Oh my goodness! Was that an underwater dragon? Yes, I did. It, we see an underwater dragon. I think it's Finn Fan Foom. We'll Is see. It? I think so. I mean, like there aren't many dragons in the Marvel universe <laughs> except <laughs> Finn Fan Foom. So, and he's like tied with like you know, I was gonna say uh, the Mandalorian, but with uh, the Mandarin. <laughs> or, you know, yeah. Peter Pascal is gonna be yeah. like top of it. I know. Like, oops. <laughs> I'm Sorry, everywhere. Guys. I'm everywhere, motherfuckers. Give me that check, <laughs> Disney. No, yeah, it looks so good. Yeah, it looks amazing. I can't wait. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly excited for this one. September third, I think it was, right? Yes. My God, there's isn't so that far away? If you think about it, like June is almost over. Mm-hmm. July goes by so quick. Yep. And then before it was gonna be August, and then we're gonna be like, hey, next week, uh, <laughs> Shanti comes out. It's yep. Yeah, so uh, it's it's gonna be so good. So we got a lot going on. We got like Black Widow, mm-hmm. and then after that we got uh, Shang Chi, yeah. and then and then there's a few, and then I think yeah, is it this year Spider Man No Way Home? I think it's in December, right? Oh my goodness! Yeah. yeah oh my so goodness. So this year's gonna end with a bang. It is. It is. And then yeah. just to circle back on the DC bandwagon really quick, did mm-hmm. you see the behind the photos? Uh, for the Flash movie and Supergirl or Superwoman? Yes. Yes. Yeah. What do you think about that? Um, I mean, I, I get that those photos, you know, they're unedited. It's, it's of unfinished. Um, so it did look a little funky. Um, I think Sasha looks adorable. I think she looks great with the short hair. Oh, my God. The um, short hair got it for me. I was like, hot yeah. mama. Yeah. And then um, seeing Michael Keaton. And those behind that, the scene photos. I was so I, excited. I didn't even know about that. Like I was just scrolling through and I say, Oh, here's uh Sacha Gaje mm-hmm. and her Superman suit. That's mm-hmm. kind of weird. She has these weird studs on her where her abs are. Okay. I think, yeah, I think it's they're gonna CGI it and yeah, some awesome like, abs for her. Yeah, I'm like, okay, but I like the whole bodysuit. I've always loved that suit where it's just like one full piece and no cape. But that's just me. And then I see, oh, there's Ezra, you know, mm-hmm. looking all dorky. <laughs> in a suit that's three times too big. And then I swipe to the last picture and there's Michael fucking Keaton. I know. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that made me like, we all know I'm not the biggest DC fan, but that yeah. picture, I, I was yes. like, oh, shit. Exactly. Because oh, for people, shit. for us as kids, there wasn't really any Marvel movies. It was DC. And for the time, yeah. it was Michael Keaton. Yeah, I mean, that's my favorite Batman movie. Oh, me too. Like, screw Christian Bale. I want Batman 2, 
with Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman oh and Danny goodness. DeVito as Penguin. And I uh, love that movie. And uh, Christopher Walken. Yes. yes. Which was a funny thing. Did you know that originally Billy D. Williams, he shows up in the first movie as Harvey Dent. Right. And the plan was that they're going to have him come back in the second one as Two-Face. And something happened where they, it got scraped and they said, okay, there's no Billy D. Williams. Who can we get? I know. Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what other naturally creepy dude is there? Christopher Walken. That's it. <laughs> That's it. But yeah, I'm super excited to, to see Michael Keaton back as Batman. Yeah. You know, a lot of people always say, you know, who was your first Batman? You know, like for my dad, it was Adam West. But mm-hmm. for me, it was Michael Keaton. Like I Same. saw that in the theaters. Yep. And I remember I was obsessed. Somehow my dad at the time got me a bootleg copy of the movie on VHS <laughs> when it was still in theaters. So That's guess amazing. who was guess who was the most popular kid on the block? Of course. Abel. And like my friends would come over every weekend, you know, can watch Batman. Oh yeah, sure. Let me ask my mom if it's okay for you guys to come over. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Yeah, but it's it's I think I think it's I hope it's a good movie. You know, it's, it seems to be I think if Michael Keaton signed on to this yeah. then it, it wouldn't be good. Yeah, um, I think, I don't think it, well, I'm a little confused. So it's supposed to be, what, the Flash movie? So it's the, it's the Flash movie. Mm-hmm. And a few years ago, there was a comic book called uh, Flashpoint. Right. Where, where the Flash goes back in time to save his mom and somehow ends up at, like in an alternate um, timeline in okay. the DC universe. So I think they're doing the same thing. I think they're they're really laying on the multiverse within the DC universe. Mm-hmm. And I think somehow he ends up in Michael Keaton's Batman timeline somehow. Okay. Because um, you know, this is the one thing that, that DC does that I feel like they just never learned their lesson from is trying to stuff too many heroes into like one movie. Like they yeah. did with, you know, Batman versus Superman and then then jumping right away to the Justice League. Like it it doesn't seem it doesn't seem to sink in. Like, hey, can y'all just try it just like one at a time instead of like put everybody in there. Get everybody yeah. it's like a clown car. Yeah, just like, keep those, it like just stuffing everybody into one thing. Um but I will never say no to Michael Keaton. So no, I'll give no, it me, a shot. Me neither. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about that. So we'll see. That comes out next year. You know, the the, the director I've enjoyed Everything he's come out with, I've enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Ezra Miller. He's he's solid. great. He really is he, great. You know, and, and then you got Michael Keaton. You know, yes. uh, <laughs> the 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 OG Batman. Like, how cool would that be? And to see him being an older Batman, yeah. Which which that's going to tie in later on to the podcast. The keywords older Batman. <laughs> but but yeah, it's hopefully hopefully this will be the DC movie that w- that we could say shit they they did it. I'm hoping so. I really, I really am. Like, come on, guys. I know you have it in you. I know you have it in you. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, so let's get a good one out. Come on. Just, just, just give me one. Just, just give me one solid movie. Yeah. That's all I asked for you. <laughs> it's not so too we'll much see. to ask. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, so moving on. So I, we've talked about it in our little chat group, mm-hmm. you know, and, and as 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 podcasters, we enjoy listening to to things all thing geeky, yes. right? We had talked about Method Man having a podcast. Love it. But let's take a moment 
to talk about the Marvel themed audio drama podcasts that are out right now. Uh, yes. And I never even knew that these existed until you told me about it. And I, I jumped I, on it. Stop. I happened to, <laughs> I don't know how I came across it. I don't know what I did, but um, I think it was something on Instagram that I saw. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, like a, a weekly Wolverine podcast. I'm like, oh, it's about Wolverine. It's like, oh, no, it's like an audio drama. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, how could it be? So I listened to the first season of Wolverine. I was like, fuck, this is amazing. It was great. Yes. And then the second one, holy shit, yes. even better. And they got Gambit? What? <laughs> I don't know who it is that they picked to voice Gambit. But whoever it is, if and when the time comes for the movie, please use him. His accent was great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah he did like, a, like an authentic, you know... Um, yeah, he had Cajun the Cajun, accent. Yeah, he had the Cajun draw. That the Cajun draw. Um, mm-hmm. Richard Armitage, who was one of the dwarves in one of the Hobbit movies, he did. <laughs> he did the voice of Wolverine. He was great too. Oh my god, like, it was. He so had good. like that gravelly, like growly. Just he had the perfect voice. Like you can picture a short, stout little Wolverine. Like yes, just, and, he was and, great. And, and they talk about that too, which made me so happy. Like they kept mentioning how little he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're like, yeah. I think there was one in the first season. They're like, we couldn't believe how heavy he was for someone that short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like I just kept pick- like the way they described him. I I pictured him like, oh yeah, he had this crazy haircut. He kind of looked like an animal. Oh gee, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who could that be? Yeah, it, it was really good. Um, just everything about it. The first storyline where it was like Weapon X, mm-hmm. they're trying to find him, you know, and it was like a like a little follow him throughout the globe. That yeah. was fun. And then the second one, in you know, he's like in the bayou, mm-hmm. um, trying to protect everyone, protect everybody from from Mastermind, and he hooks up with that little kid, with that young guy. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. It was and- great. Like I found myself like. I'm sitting at my desk listening to this and I'm like on the edge of my seat like, oh my God. Me too. Oh my God. You got to help him. Oh my God. <laughs> like, I mean, this would make a great miniseries too. Yeah, it would. It would. I was on the edge of my car seat because I would listen to it when I was working at Sam's. I would, um, you know, at least once a week, you know, listen to it. And, then, and it's been a while since I've listened to it, but it was really, really good. And then they came out with another one with Marvels. Yes. Um, I actually uh, ended up listening to Marvels first. Oh, you did? Because you told me that Method Man voiced yep. one of the characters, and he was great. Yep, yep. Um, Marvels is one of my all-time favorite comic book storylines. It's mm-hmm. um, Kurt Busiek wrote it, and um, Alex Ross did the artwork. Mm-hmm. And Alex Ross does, those, does the artwork where it's painted, so it's like lifelike. Like it looks like a like a portrait, not mm-hmm. like a like an actual drawing. Yeah, and I remember I was thirteen or fourteen years old when I first read that, and it's set like in the nineteen fifties, sixties, and it's about the the beginnings of the superheroes, mm-hmm. you know, coming out. And it's got Phil, who's a photographer, and you know his buddy Ben Urich, who's the reporter for the Daily Bugle, mm-hmm. and then to finally like get to hear these guys. You know, talk and to have Method Man play Ben Urich was, <laughs> he was so cool. Great. 
He was, and you can always tell. That oh it's yeah, him. <laughs> yeah. You can just tell it's him. Like what is he saying? Like, just, just keep listening. You'll know. Yeah, you'll know. Yeah, just listen. But I loved everything. I loved the little cameo that they had from Peter Parker. Mm, oh, that was adorable. I was like, right? oh, hey, yep. Peter. I love that. I love the guy that they played to to voice the thing and the and the human torch and yeah. the silver surfer. And like throughout the whole theme, I'm thinking so so if, if you guys should listen to us, let me just tell you this is a very spoiler filled podcast. So very much so. Very much so. So the We whole, give no fucks. Sorry. Yeah, we sorry. have no fucks. <laughs> yeah. So the whole podcast is um Phil, he's a photographer for the Daily mm-hmm. Bugle and and he's there's um, one of these girls that he knows that who who's an up and coming reporter, and she's trying to help him break a like a, a story about Reed Richards and what happened with Galactus because mm-hmm. everyone thinks that the attack from Galactus was fake and that yeah. Reed Richards did it and and to hear that entire story mm-hmm. and then like halfway through I'm like holy shit like what is going to happen <laughs> what is happening um for for all of you who are interested in listening to these podcasts um I found it on Apple Podcasts yeah if you look through if just in the search bar just type in marvels um the one for Wolverine is Wolverine the Lost Trail mm-hmm. and it's uh Marvel and Stitcher so yes. if you don't have uh, iPhone, if you don't have Apple Podcasts, um, I believe they'll they should be available on Stitcher as well. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, and they have all of them. So they have you know both seasons of Wolverine. They got mm-hmm. the entire season of of Marvels, mm-hmm. and it was so good. Just you know, getting to hear the Silver Surfer talk. Oh um, yeah, read just everything. But Method Man killed it. I love him. I love it. I hate when people are like, oh, well, he's not an actor. You obviously have never seen him in anything aside from how high. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, people. Broaden your horizons. Yes. He's he's on a show called Teenage Bounty Hunters on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Another show that was so fucking awesome. And it got canceled after one season. Yeah. And and he's in it. And like he plays like a rival bounty hunter. And it's got the guy that played Dwayne Wayne from A Different World. Oh, my and God. <laughs> yeah. So, like, he's, like, the bounty hunter that, that recruits these teenagers to bounty hunt for him. And That's Method awesome. Man, he's, like, the, the rival, more successful, mega fit bounty hunter. But he's, like, incredibly nice. Like, he's, like, <laughs> super polite, incredibly nice. And, like, Dwayne Wayne, I don't know what his real name is, but we'll just call him Dwayne he Wayne. He will forever be Dwayne Wayne. <laughs> Dwayne Wayne. He like hates him, and like he, Method Man was like amazing on that show. And what is it called? Teenage called, Bounty Hunters. T- yeah, Teenage Bounty Hunters. It is super, super funny. I'm putting it on my queue right now. Yeah, <laughs> it is super funny, and like yeah. it didn't get renewed for a second season, but <clears throat> highly recommend. Oh, um, there's also what was the other one that I started oh, listening to? Um, oh, Old, Old Man, Man Hoff- Star Lord. Yeah, Old Man Star Lord. Holy shit, that's so good. Yeah. I'm on chapter four on that one. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, the guy that they picked for Star-Lord, the way like he talks, it's so funny. It's like he sounds like a hippie. <laughs> he sounds a lot. You know who he reminds me of? Um, so who does he sound like? He sounds like Steve Buscemi to me. Yeah, it's, it, it's super good. And again, it's, that's another storyline set in the Old Man Logan storyline where, like, the villains have taken over. And if you guys haven't read Old Man Logan, 
I a thousand percent recommend that you guys read Old Man Logan. It's by Stephen Niven. He did the writing and Mark Millar. Um, mm-hmm. He wrote it. It is so fucking good. Oh, that it's, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Um, apparently, more spoilers, guys. Apparently, it's just Star Lord and Rocket Raccoon that have survived whatever it is that's happened. Um, yeah. I'm just and, getting to the part, like, I'm trying to figure, like, what the hell's going on? What's happening? What happened to Earth? Like, I don't understand. Did Doom take over? Um, it's it's super, it draws you in. It's super interesting. It does. Um, now, did you recognize the voice of the farmer that helped them out? Was that Danny Glover? Danny Glover. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. They got some big names to do Danny, this. <laughs> Danny, I'm getting too old for this shit, Glover. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of expected him to say that. Like, I, I, was farmer. Hoping, I was hoping he would say it. I think there's one part where he mentioned that he's just an old man. I'm like, oh, oh, he's going to say it. Aww. He's going to say it. He's going to no. say it. But yeah, it's it's super good. It's super entertaining. It's um, the voice acting, the stellar, the guy that plays Star-Lord sounds yeah. like, just sounds like a, a carefree, I don't have a care in the world. I don't give a shit. I'm just here to have fun attitude. Yeah. Uh, the guy that does Rocket is super good. Mm-hmm. And, and and the whole storyline, you know, um, it's it's Rocket and Star Lord. We don't know what happened to everyone else, to like Groot, Gamora, or Drax. They say that just something happened, but they yeah. don't really talk about it. Yeah, they don't say if they're alive, they're dead. Yeah. Did they go somewhere? Are they trapped? Are they in prison? Did they just get tired of Star Lord's shit and go somewhere? Exactly. And then they just end up back on Earth, and it, it's an Earth that's been overrun by the villains. You know, like the villains have taken over. So I, I, I have to get back to it because they left off, I think, on chapter four, and then got like super busy at work, so I couldn't really pay attention. Um, but I remember texting you like, "What's happening? What's going on?" Yeah, I it's need to know. Yeah, it's loosely based on that old man Logan storyline, and like, and and that storyline, like Logan, <laughs> it's like, a, it's like way older. You know, he has a family. He's given up the the Wolverine lifestyle of a tragic, tragic, tragic event. And, like, the villains have taken over the U.S. and they've separated the U.S. into factions. So, like, he lives, like, in the Midwest. And that's overrun and controlled by the Hulk gang. Like, like the Hulk has a bunch of, like, like inbred kids with She-Hulk. What? And they no. Run, yeah, they run all of that. Like Las Vegas is owned by one person. Um, this per, this part of the U.S. is owned by the other person. And it seems like that they're basing it within that that comic book universe, or loosely based. Yeah. And then I think next month or this year they announced Old Man Hawkeye. Did they? Yeah. Um, Old Man Hawkeye. I forgot who's playing Black Widow. I, I want to say Michelle Pfeiffer is playing. Is doing the voice of Stab it. A Black would, Widow. That would be so awesome. Yeah. Um, and then like like I said, it's like another it's another like um, you know, weekly audio fun podcast. Yeah, man. I'm all in. These are great. Yeah, and it's soup and it's and it's free. Yeah. These are really great. They're super entertaining. If you're bored at work, if you have the type of job that will allow you to just kind of put in your earbuds and zone out and listen, do it. These are really good. I'm really impressed with them. Yeah. Um, super fun. Super good. Like I said, I believe like the the old man Hawkeye comes out soon. It's going to have 
you know, Hawkeye is going to have the Black Widow in it. And like I said, I'm, I'm almost positive it was like Michelle Pfeiffer that was doing the voice for for Black Widow. I, or it could be someone else. I don't know. I know it's some it's some famous actress that's doing the voice. Yeah. I can't wait to find out who it is. Because at first yeah. I didn't. I had to look it up. I was like, this guy sounds with Danny Glover. I was like, this guy sounds so familiar. Who is this? I know, I know who this is. And then when I looked at the the voice cast, I was like, oh, no way. That yeah, it's yeah, it's super good. Um, I, the guy that does the voice of Starler is some guy named Timothy Busfield, and mm-hmm. I really haven't heard m- much about him or who he is. But Timothy, if you're listening, you're doing a great job. <laughs> you're doing awesome. You're Keep doing it up. awesome. Keep up the good work, buddy. Keep yeah. up the good work. <laughs> uh, so, moving on. Guys, when... check out these podcasts. Yes. <laughs> Do yourselves a favor. Check out these podcasts. Do yourselves a favor. Check out the podcasts. And watch Loki, which episode three was yesterday. Yes, it is Thursday, which means yesterday was Loki Wednesday. Episode three. What did you think? Uh, meh. It, it pains me. It, it it pains me to feel so meh about it. Because I was really like, oh my god, like, this is it. Loki is my show. The first two episodes were amazing. I was so impressed with everything. Um, episode three started off great. Yeah. Like, the way it started off, which, by the way... I, did I call it or did I call it? I was just, <laughs> I, I, that was like the first thing on my notes um, that I was going to say. The first thing was, I got to find out what that song was that was playing at the very, <laughs> very beginning. Because I fucking loved it. I'm like, this is my jam. I feel it <laughs> in my soul. I want margaritas now. <laughs> but yes, you called it. You, the, the, the theory of people being plucked out of time yeah. and brainwashed to become... Um, servant of the TVA, you called it. I saw that. I was like, fuck. Janice yeah. was onto something. She, this is it. <laughs> like, I seriously, like, I did um, Jay's podcast with him for, on the Digital Soapbox, Soapbox Day, if you guys want to check him out, please do. Um, but I recorded with him on Saturday night. Yeah. Um, and we discussed episode two of Loki. Um, the next morning, I woke up, and I don't know why, but it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, oh, my God. What if these people are humans from Earth plucked from their own timeline and kind of tra- trapped in the TVA? Yeah. And I messaged Jay, like, right away. And we went back and forth. And I was like, I got to tell Abel. Like, it's genius. It's, it's, yeah. And I- I'm glad that I screenshotted it in case anybody <laughs> needs proof. Because I know that there are plenty of times people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, I called it. And we're like, yeah, whatever. It didn't happen. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, No, but it just, it made sense to me because, especially with Mobius, like I kind of feel like Mobius is super stuck in the 90s. And had you not pointed out that Joss DeSoto was a 90s soda, it probably wouldn't have hit me so hard. But the whole jet ski thing... The jet ski. The yeah, mag- the, the magazine. Well, well, not just that. The the magazine is clearly from the 90s, the way yes. it looks. That jet ski is from the 90s. And, yes, and the soda. Yeah, big in the 90s. Yep. And the, the Baku, I think that's what it's called. The, the Baku. Um, the juice um, box. Juice, juice box. That's yeah. all 90s related. He's, and, he's very stuck in the 90s. The fact yeah. that he thinks that 
like, well, I've always been here. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't know his beginning. Like, he doesn't know where he came. Like, he just thinks that he was just created here. It just made sense. And, like, you know, even with Casey, like, who the hell doesn't know what a fish is? Like, where the hell have you been? Like, it just makes sense that they were plucked out of whatever timeline they were in, put into the TVA, and maybe that's why they disintegrate the other timeline that they're taken from. Yeah. You know, they had their memories wiped, and maybe there's still something left. Like, maybe he really loved jet skis in his past life, and that's the one thing that always stuck with him. Exactly. I think, I'm almost positive Sylvie said that the one, I forget her name now, the one female um, agent, she said, mm-hmm. I just plucked her out. I gave her a memory from the, like 1993, I think is what she said. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, 1993, the 90s. Again, yeah. this theme of the 90s, like <laughs> there has to be a reason why they, like out of all of the drinks, why those two drinks that were so popular in the late 80s, early 90s? Yeah. You know, and then why that, why that magazine and that jet ski within the same era? Mm-hmm. You know, so I think you are onto something. I think these guys were possible variants mm-hmm. and they were plucked out of a time because maybe they, by them not being in that timeline, maybe it didn't affect the timeline and they were brainwashed to think that the TV or that the timekeepers are their gods and saviors mm-hmm. when, when in fact they're probably not. Yeah. It's, it's probably like a machine or something. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what, and maybe that's why they destroyed their timeline, because even if they wake up and find out, where the hell are they going to go? Yeah. How are they going to get there? Um, Another theory that I've seen floating around is that maybe the TVA is actually within the quantum realm. Oh, yes, I did see that. Because they did say, well, time passes differently here. Yeah, yeah, time is mega, yeah, time is mega different there, just like, you know, for, for Scott. It was, mm-hmm. it was what he said, a matter of a few hours, I think he said. Yeah. In his mind, but he was gone for years. Yeah, he was, uh, he thought he was gone for five hours. It ended up being five years later. Yeah. yeah I guess, so I guess that, we'll that find out. Sense. I guess hopefully, well, at the end of the episode, or towards the end, you know, when she said, I plucked her out, and like, Loki was like, wait a second, they weren't created? I think that already is going to set up the tone for episode four. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I think I think this episode started off great. That was a great beginning. And the last few minutes of the episode where it's that one continuous shot following them through, like, all the chaos. Oh, yeah. Um, Loki freaking stopping a building from falling onto them. How cool is that? When did he get all of his magic back? Like, I noticed, like, the more he spends time with Sylvie, the more use of his magic he has. Yeah, he was using magic as an offense, uh, offense and defense. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he was fighting people with it and, and doing all this cool stuff. He was doing fireworks out of his hands. Yeah. Um, I just, I I mean, maybe this was just a filler episode. Yeah, it has to be. Because I think out of the, if there's six episodes, one has to be a filler to like just to add some depth and and do some sort of like um, explanations, like mm-hmm. you know, we found out that Sylvie, that female variant Loki, chose a name with Sylvie. Mm-hmm. So it makes me wonder: is she Sylvie the Enchantress, or is it going to be like a Ralph Boner situation 
she's really Lady Loki, but she just prefers to be called Sylvie because she likes that name. Yeah. And then she'll go off to be the Enchantress, you know? Maybe. Um, or maybe they're, maybe Marvel just decided to mesh the characters. Yeah, yep, exactly. Or just do like a mesh of characters. You know, uh, we found out that Loki likes both princesses and princes. Hey. Which was, which I found, which I was so excited to hear. Where mm-hmm. they didn't really make a huge deal of it. It was kind of yeah. like a uh, a low key moment. <laughs> yeah, um, it was but, more of like a, a confirmation because yeah. he's and always I, been kind of. I mean, obviously he's gender fluid. Yes. Um, but, but it was like, a nice little like nudge, nudge. Yes, yes. here's a confirmation. Yeah, and the nice thing was it wasn't like a huge deal. It, what I love about that is just like it's. It's it's so natural. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's like saying I like apples as opposed to oranges. Like right. it, it wasn't such a huge deal, and I absolutely loved that when he was like, "Well, a little bit of both." <laughs> yeah, like, oh, ah, ah, this is awesome. Nothing wrong with a little variation. No, no, nothing at all. Nothing at all. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was it was a bit it was a bit slow. Um, I, I think I could have done without the whole poetry thing on the train. Yeah. But I, I did mean, like him singing. Oh, he's great. Is there anything that Tom Hiddleston cannot do? Have you seen him dance? Because the guy can dance, too. He does, He dances. He acts. He cooks. He does impressions. He can sing. He sings. Yeah, he's he, great. He did a Robert De Niro impression in front of Robert De Niro. <laughs> it was great, too. Right? It was great. Like, like who has that the has nerve? That has to be intimidating. To, yeah, to do that. <laughs> To be like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna imitate Robert De Niro mm-hmm. in front of Robert De Niro on <laughs> on British TV. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 so good. I mean, uh, okay. So my issue is the character of Sylvie in theory is super interesting. The actress is what I have an issue with. I find her kind of blah, kind of boring. I look at her and I just see a soccer mom, Karen. I, it's just, uh, I, I don't think that she's the right person to bring this character to life because she doesn't really give her that much life. Like, I don't find her exciting. Yeah, there's something about her. I just don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe in episode four, it might change. Or like, oh, shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I. I get it now, but yeah, but it's, there's something about it. It's just not doing it. I don't know. It almost seems like she's like a stubborn teen. Yeah. She's more like an insolent child. Like she doesn't, she doesn't give me Loki vibes. Yeah. Like, so, which is another reason why I think maybe she's not female Loki. Maybe she is this other completely separate person. Um, But I don't know. It's just like, when she talks, like, I don't pay attention. She doesn't make me want to sit up and pay attention. Um, and he doesn't have the same chemistry with her that he does with Mobius. His chemistry with Mobius is so much better. Yeah. It's so much it, more entertaining. Yeah. It's like clockwork, those two together. So, it is so well timed. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, and I, I looked up her filmography and I have not seen not one thing that she's been in. I saw her in one thing and only, and it was a movie called Yesterday, mm. and, and and that's about it. But but yeah, same same here. Hopefully, episode four we see maybe a change and maybe like 
we could say, oh, I, I, I could definitely now connect with this character and, and, mm-hmm. and what she's doing. But yeah, it was a bit slow. Um, but hopefully episode four tends to pick up. I, I really want to see Mobius back. Yes, please. I want to see that. Aftermath- I missed him. <laughs> yeah, me too. I want to see that aftermath of, you know, uh, on how they get out of that, that planet. Yeah. You know, like, like how does that happen? And then see how Mobius, you know, treats situation. But also I want to see more about this whole plucked out of the timeline situation um, and see how that spans out. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see like, what did they do to these people? Did the people know at the time what was going on? Did they just kind of put them in a trance and then bring them into the TBA and do their whole like brainwash thing? Is Kang fucking involved in this shit? Because this is the type of chaos that he yes. causes. So, like, I, I mean, he has to be behind it. What's and her face? And I still can't remember her name to save my life. I'm sorry. I see it in my head, but like, <laughs> I'm so afraid to pronounce it because yeah. it's not like a normal name. So I'm just going to stay quiet. I'm just yeah. I'm not going to say anything. But her. I think it starts with an R. Not it, sure. It's something like that. <laughs> yeah. I know that, you know, in the comics, she was his love interest. Is this a separate timeline where Kang is trying to make something happen with her where she saved? Because I guess in the comics, something happens. I think she she ends up sacrificing herself for him. And maybe he's messing around with these timelines to try to figure out a way how to save her. Um, Has Sylvie figured out what it is that they're doing? And they sent Loki to go get her to stop her from telling him exactly. Like, I I need answers. And this didn't give me any answers except for one thing in the beginning. And that's it. Yeah, and, and that was that was your your theory right there. Yeah, I, that I got one confirmation <laughs> out of my whole like speculation. Um, I need to know, and yeah. we only have what three more episodes. Right? Three more episodes. Yeah. Jeez. Oh. Jeez. It, it seems it seems like yesterday we were so excited when WandaVision came out. Like, do you remember? <laughs> it seems like that was years ago. Yeah, it seems like that was such a long time ago. Now we're living in Loki land, and I'm I like, I, I I need an answer. How are you going to wrap this up in three more episodes? I, I my prediction is this. I think that we're going to find out that the time that there is a timeline and a and a multiverse, and it needs to be protected in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. I think these time lords or timekeepers aren't what they say they are. Mm-hmm. I think they've they've made it seem that they're like these gods, these people, in order for for these guys to do their jobs in a more efficient way without asking any questions. Mm-hmm. And I think at the very end, we're going to find out that Mobius was a, a, a person fucked out of the nineties, and <laughs> he was so thankful to Loki for helping him snap out of it. And ride a jet ski again. That they're going <laughs> to allow Loki to go back into the timeline and live his life. Maybe that would be that would be a nice a nice little ending wrapped in a bow. And then, as a little shout out, there's either either Can is named or 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 seen in some way, shape, or form, yes. um, which which will lead into uh, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. Yes, um, it has to be. They, we have to get at least, even if it's an after credit scene at the very end, even if it's just a peek, a corner of his face. Like, yeah. 
his his shadow something you gotta give us something gotta give us something <laughs> like, something he we he has to be involved of this i am convinced he has to be involved in this Ke- kevin feige don't let us down feige feige <laughs> <laughs> um speaking of little shout outs the bar when he was at the bar when he smashes the glass <laughs> yeah uh, I don't yeah, know what song be, he was that singing. That must be an Asgardian thing, like smashing the glass. Another, another, yeah. But what song was he singing? That was like a weird Irish Celtic. I don't know what the fuck it was. I was like, it I was dig an this Asgardian jig. Whatever it was, that <laughs> needs to be my new ringtone. When people call me, <laughs> that's what I want to play. Yeah. <laughs> Only if Loki is singing it, though. Oh yeah, of course, of course, of course. I don't want to hear anybody's voice. Oh, and I also, I also want one of those cool um, TVA handheld things. It was just just on the tip of my tongue. The yeah, the timer device or the time—I don't know what it is—but I want one of those. It, it, I'm telling you, the moment that they come out with like a prop of that or a replica, I am I am <laughs> buying one. It looks so fucking cool. I mean, it's kind of fragile, <laughs> apparently. Exciting. <laughs> Loki, how the hell did you destroy it? What happened? I, I, out of all the things, Loki, you had one job. It was it was <laughs> it was not to break that, and then yeah. your plan failed. But I'm telling, I think episode four, right when everything goes to hell, since Mobius knows that they ha- that they hang out in these um, these apocalypse, apocalypse scenarios, mm-hmm. they're gonna pop up. They're gonna save them, and then halfway through, you know, we're gonna find some shit out. And then it's going to be epic. Yeah. I mean, it has to be Mobius riding in on his uh, white jet ski. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. He's not going to leave his boy out there to die. He's not going to do it. Because I think we pretty much established, like, they have a bromance. Like, they like each other. I don't think that Loki holds any malice towards Mobius at all. Like, no, I, I absolutely not, not at all. I think he likes him. I think he thinks he's a cool dude. I can yeah. be friends with this guy. And I think um, the part in the last episode when he goes through the door with Sylvie, um, the look on his face was kind of like, oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I like, got to do this, but I'm sorry. Exactly. It was like, uh, I don't want to, but I have to. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think he did it to purposely double cross him, but he's got to find out what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. He's got to find out who this Baron is. Like, for someone that Loki, who's like the god of mischief, he's been around for thousands of years, mm-hmm. to, to come to find out that there's other versions of you, mm-hmm. of course you're curious. Yeah. Of course. You're going to follow the other... Well, this person who's supposed to be a variation of you. Yeah. Just to see what the hell's going on. I would want to see the other parts of me. Like, I want to see what I look like on a, a different plane. Me in too. a different timeline. I, I, I want to see bicyclist Abel. I want to <laughs> see uh, monk Abel. I want to see what else? You know, Bifrost Abel. <laughs> bi- yeah, Bifrost Abel. I want to see biker Abel. I want to see Hulk Abel. I want to see all these Abels. <laughs> I want to see tall Abel. <laughs> <laughs> that's all it is, right? You, you just want to see the tall Abel. I know. <laughs> that's it. I've served my glorious purpose. <laughs> oh yeah so i mean i'm hoping i'm hoping the next episode um gives us more answers and 
is a little uh, less meh. Yeah. I want more. I need more. Yeah. Let's let's hope so. Let's hope so. Um, hopefully, you know, thankfully tomorrow's Friday. So Wednesday will come. We'll be here before you know it. Yes. Yes. And, and I'll be I'll be right at eight p.m. <laughs> hitting that Disney Plus and, and and I even watched a recap. I'm like, you know what? I love the show so much. Let me watch a recap. <laughs> yeah. Um. I I wish that the extras were actually something extra instead of just the same trailer over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Like they but, always get me. They always it, get me. I'm like, oh, maybe maybe today they added something. No. No, no, it's just the same trailer. One thing that I do like out of the previous two shows is the opening theme song for Loki. It is the it's music. Great. It's mm-hmm. so good. It is so good. It's uh, I don't know who composed it. Whoever you are, you did a great job. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Um, I just I I, I think uh, I, I'll give them I'll give them this episode. You're allowed one. You're yeah. allowed one. Don't let me down. <laughs> I put my set my hopes on this show being the best one. Don't don't let me down. Don't make me be wrong. Yeah, I, I think every every show needs a filler episode. Let this yeah. be it. Let it be right in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then episodes three, uh, four, five, and six, it's just gonna be just absolute fucking chaos. It better be. In a good way. I need Loki chaos. Yes, exactly. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes. Sweet. So before we end the podcast. We, we've talked yeah. about we've talked about shows. We've talked about movies and all that stuff, but we haven't really talked about like comic books. Yes. So I'm just curious, what would you say will be like some of like the top three favorite storylines that you could read over and over again? Like ones that you say, "Fuck, this is an amazing storyline." <laughs> um. Well, fun fact, I think I've mentioned this before. Um, when I started reading comic books, when I was like. 9, 10, 11 years old, I never read anything in order. I skipped around, so I don't think I ever followed a whole run all the way through. Yeah. Until I got older. Um, yes, I'm here. Yeah. Um, one that, I mean, I had my favorites that really kind of pulled me in, and I've always been partial to the older ones. Um, so, Fantastic Four. 1961. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a <laughs> the, good era. The original that brought Stanley and Jack Kirby back to comics. That really yeah. that really brought them into the forefront, really made comics popular again. Um, mm-hmm. I remember the story about the Fantastic Four and how Stanley was ready to just leave it all behind. And Joni encouraged him to put Fantastic Four on there, talk to Jack Kirby, work on this together, put it out. And lo and behold, it made Marvel big again. Comics yeah. were dying out, and this is what brought them back. And it's super, I mean, when you look at this, it's super old school. The dialogue is super corny, 1960s. It is. Like, you know, but it's, I, I don't know, I have affection, like, I hold so much affection for it. I'm like, oh, this was, like, Stan and Joni's baby, you know? Yeah. This was, like, something that Stan and Jack Kirby, like, put so much love and effort into it to bring them back. So, I do find myself going back to the original Fantastic Four. Um, But Fantastic Four also brought us Silver Surfer. Yes. Who I have always found super interesting. Um, Jack Kirby put 
all of himself into this. And I just, I mean, I know that he doesn't have a complete run on his own. He kind of just appears here and there in different people's um, stories. Um, I did hear that they are thinking about doing an entire Silver Surfer series. And just based totally on Silver Surfer. Yeah. If they can give me a full, like, 10 issues of only Silver Surfer and his origins and what he's doing, what his purpose is. I mean, yeah, we have bits and pieces, but I don't remember them ever going into, like, super detail about him. It, like, it just it just makes you wonder, like, like what an amazing character the Silver Surfer. Mm-hmm. And, like, Jack Kirby... I don't know. Was it inspiration? Was it? Was it? Uh, uh, it was. Was he? Was he high on something to say like, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna have this guy fly through the cosmos on a surfboard. Yeah, and it was. I mean, when you think about it, it was super ahead of their time. It was yeah. super futuristic. I mean, this is something that like I don't think was the average for what you would see, whether it was in media or animation or any type of movies back in the sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the fact that he was very much um, aware of the downfall that is humanity. Like we were destroying the earth. We were destroying each other. And he always made it a point to say something about that yeah. in comics way back then. And it kind of holds true to the way the world is now. Yeah, Absolutely. So Silver Surfer has always been one of my favorite characters. I always go back to to 1966 <laughs> Silver Surfer. Um, yeah, that that Golden Age was so good, and it's great. like it's it's what's it was the Big Bang for what we have today. Yeah. Um, also, Jack Kirby, which I thank him eternally for creating the Eternals. Yes. This was all Jack Kirby. Yeah. Like, this was just him. He wrote and drew the Eternals. He created them. However, you've heard me mention it before, Neil Gaiman's run. I'm currently rereading it now. It's so fucking good. This has to be my favorite. Yeah, I mean, you got Neil Gaiman. You got John Romita Jr. on on pencils. Yes, the artwork is amazing. The story is great. It's, it's definitely one run that I will never get tired of, and I don't ever mind rereading. Um, also, Daredevil, Frank Miller. Yes. Well, <laughs> Is that on your list? It it, it, yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I it figured. De- it definitely was. Yeah, um, that one's great. It introduces Stick. Yes. <laughs> and Elektra. It, it's, another, it's another John Romita Jr. Um, yeah. You know, storyline, you know. To see John Romita's Jr.'s like take on, like when I think of Daredevil, mm-hmm. in, in my mind, I think of John Romita Jr.'s Daredevil. Yeah, it's great. It's I mean I think he did a great job, and I I love that. And also, which another one which I'm sure is on your list, which it should be on everybody's list, Chris Claremont's X Men. Oh, of course. I mean, he basically kind of fixed it. Yeah. <laughs> like for the 16 years that he worked on it from god when did he start 1970 something yeah it's right around that time and you know he to introduced, the 90s yeah he introduced icons right now you know yeah. not just the wolverines but the storms the yeah Colossus, you know he reimagined gene gray yeah. into phoenix and dark phoenix 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, you know and, and to have everyone, the, the, what is it? Uh, the Nightcrawlers, oh, um, yeah. you know, Colossus and to have, to make it international, mm-hmm. you know, you had, you know, some, some guy from Canada, you had, <laughs> you know, you had a, um, a, a princess from, 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 from Kenya and yes. Storm. Yes. You had someone from Russia, someone from Germany. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was like, like diversity at its finest. Yes. And they were all powerhouses within their own right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and he just, uh, he made them badass again. Like, I think uh, around that time, X-Men were kind of falling off and he brought them back to life. And yeah. I, I always tell people, like, if you need an introduction to X-Men, that's look it. for anything Chris Claremont. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I know that's on your list. But what else is on your list? So I, I gotta say, just like you, I would read things. I didn't. I never really read anything in order, mainly because like there wasn't really that many comic book stores in Puerto Rico mm-hmm. that I could go to on a weekly basis. Um, I would get my comics from like Walgreens, and it was hit or miss. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until you remember like Columbia House Records, yes, right. Yes. So they had one for books where like you could get ten bucks for a penny. Oh my god! And then you have to get a subscription. Well, I did that, and they had like a whole shit ton of like graphic novels. Mm-hmm. So what got me into storyline was I was nineteen ninety five. So I was like fifteen years old, mm-hmm. and it was Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, and you know I remember reading this and thinking. First of all, this isn't like a comic book for kids. <laughs> Definitely not. You know, Batman's out here killing people, being a total badass. Uh-huh. But what I loved about it was it was like a Batman in his mid-50s, retired, coming back to the game. Mm-hmm. You know, and just seeing that. And Frank Miller, you know, his Batman is phenomenal. His Dark Knight, re- his, his Dark Knight Returns is amazing. Mm-hmm. His Batman Year One is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, but I would say I could read this book over and over again is Batman The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Um, the artwork is just stellar and just the story, like I said, of an old Batman coming back and you hear him reading, you know, you're reading, you hear him talking about like, I'm sitting on top of this gargoyle and I got these painkillers because my knee's are giving out, you know, yeah. you know, and then this was the first time that we see Batman and Superman go at, go at it. Mm-hmm. And Batman just kicks his ass <laughs> in a, in an epic way, which was the inspiration for Batman v Superman. Yeah. You know, everything down to the suit that he wore was just like in the comic book. So definitely that, um, I was going to say, uh, man without fear by John Romita Jr. Mm-hmm. And Frank Miller. So I'll take that, I'll substitute that for another Daredevil. And it's um, Joe Casadas and Kevin Smith's Daredevil Guardian Devil storyline. Okay. It's super good. It was Kevin Smith's first work for Marvel. Uh-huh. And it was about the time when Marvel um, had filed for bankruptcy and they were really struggling. Oh, that's so, right. So they started this, this thing called the Marvel Knights line. Mm-hmm. And they brought in like Kevin Smith. They brought in these other artists, and they like redid this these storylines, and it exploded. It exploded. It brought Marvel back to where it needed to be, you know. But um, Joe Casada, Kevin Smith, Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got Daredevil. It's got Bullseye. Yeah. Um, it and the artwork is phenomenal. 
Yeah. And if I don't know. And then if I had to say like another one, I would have to say uh, there's a comic book run called X-Men Extension Agenda um, huh. by, by Jim Lee. Okay. And basically, they round up all the mutants, all these X-Men, onto an island. They take away their powers. They, there's crazy shit happens. And then they all, like, gather together to, like, um, like revolt against, like, this island called Genosha. And mm-hmm. it's, it's like when Jim Lee first started with X-Men. So, and it's super good. But I would say, yeah, those three. Dark Knight Returns, Guardian Devil, Extension Agenda. Yeah, um, Jim Lee did a few Wonder Woman runs that I really love, too. Yeah, yeah, his, his, his everything... Whatever he draws, his his, <laughs> yeah. his Batman was phenomenal. When he did Justice League like eight years ago, his Wonder Woman was mm-hmm. like I don't think anybody had seen Wonder Woman drawn that way. He does my favorite hair for her. Like the way he draws the hair, the way like it just flows, the way he draws like her figure. He's he's just great. He's so good. Yeah. I met him. Like, let me see, 15 years ago mm-hmm. at Coliseum of Comics. And I had my digital camera. This is when digital cameras were, like, <laughs> new. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, it was a 1.5 megapixel. And I said, hey, can I take a picture of you? He's like, oh, yeah, sure. And I took it. And he looks at me and he goes, 1.5 megapixel. Nice. I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> oh, so I throw in a fourth one in there. Oh my god! Let's see. If I had to throw in a fourth one, I would have to say, um, we see uh, Spider Verse. The Spider Verse storyline mm-hmm. is really, really cut up. Dan Slott, he wrote it, and it's pretty much um, it's it's the basis of Into the Spider Verse. Like they mm-hmm. they themed it on this storyline where Peter Parker. And all these Spider-Men from different, universe, you know, multiverses join together to fight like these vampires that feed off the Spider-Man energy. Wow. And, you know, there's like hundreds of spider pe- uh, Spider-Men. Yeah. Um, the Spider-Man from the cartoon that we used to watch as a kid shows up <laughs> in this one. Um, the Spider-Man from the cartoon from the 1960s, he wow. shows up. The Spider-Man from the Japanese TV show shows up in this. Like, they did everything. Like, every single Spider-Man that you could think of is in this. And um, I think Oliver Coppel did the artwork, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And, and and Dan Slott, you know, did a phenomenal job writing it. But yeah, I would say that one. And awesome. just, just because I finished reading it again um, last Monday. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah. Um, once I finish with the Eternals, I'm definitely going back to Daredevil. Oh, it's yeah. I'm, Daredevil's one of my, if, if not Wolverine, one of my all time favorite characters. Especially, yeah. it, especially when he's drawn by John Romita Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's it's like a, a match made in heaven. Yeah, it is. He's a great character. Absolutely. Ah, so it's that time. It is that time? Oh, and before Unpopular we finish, opinions. oh yeah, before we finish, I just want to give a shout out. To my cousin-in-law's husband, Tom. <laughs> Tom is a, a listener and a fan of the podcast. Nice. A, a dad-to-be. Awesome. So, 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 Tom, if you're listening, thank you for listening. Yes, you thank are, you. You are totally awesome. 
<laughs> we appreciate all of our listeners, but yes, please keep listening. <laughs> we need y'all to listen. Thank yes. you for listening. <laughs> we appreciate it so much. Thank you, Tom. Next time I see you, I'll give you uh, an, an autographed 8 by 10 of our logo. <laughs> Oh, we need to we need to get prints out and put that yeah. t-shirt. <laughs> Some stickers. Okay, so unpopular opinions. Yes. What is your unpopular opinion this week? I, I, I was. It hit me today. I was watching a commercial for some new movie with Chris Pratt for Hulu, mm-hmm. I think it is, or Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, what's the big deal about Chris Pratt? I mean, <laughs> I, I'm so over him already. I think he does a great job as Star Lord. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's it. Like, I'm, I don't know. Like, he seems like a nice guy, but people are like, oh my God, he's amazing. He's such a great actor. It's like, he's, he's good at what he does. And that's, that's it. Like, it's like, he's eight. He's only has like one level of acting and it's the same character, you know, every single movie. He's Star Lord and Star Lord. He's Mm -hmm. Star Lord and Jurassic Park. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I, I lost my, I lost my admiration for him uh, a few months ago when I found out that he was a part of this church that's like super duper anti LGBTQ, yes. super yes. transphobic, super racist. I was like, oh, you're one of those. I'm done. Yeah, yeah, that's you. You know what? I used and then to finding like... out that his brother was involved in January 6th in the insurrection, I was like, okay, yeah, oh, well, no, I didn't know you're about done. that. Or even even Goodbye. more reason. Even Goodbye. More... And to think, I used to like him in Everwood, the hit WB show. <laughs> I forgot about Everwood. Oh my who, God. Also, who has Agent Carter in it? <laughs> yeah, I forgot Holy about shit. Everwood. Starler and Agent Carter were on Everwood. What? Yeah. Mm. It's all connected. It's all connected. Foggy. <laughs> yeah, but that's but that's it. That's it. Yeah. How about yeah. yours? Uh, my unpopular opinion is like I'm. I'm sure everybody knows I'm more of an animal person than I am a people person. Um, if you give me the chance, uh, give me the choice of hanging out with cute little furry four-legged animals and humans, I will pick the animals 110% of the time. Yeah. Um, my issue is with people that get pets, get animals, and then they just decide one day, "Mm, I don't want it anymore and just kind of toss them away. Um, they either let them out of the house and just let them roam and just be lost or they dump them at a shelter and never look back because they think that, oh, well, they can't communicate the way I do, so they must not feel things. Animals feel things. Yeah. They have feelings. They have emotions. Animals actually do get depressed. Animals get sad. If you have a cat or a dog for 10 years and then decide to just dump them off at the shelter, they – it affects them. They get sick. They get lonely. They get depressed. And just the looks on their faces when they're sitting there waiting for their owners to come back for them. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. I don't know how people can be this heartless. And it infuriates me. Yeah. I can't stand it. If you <laughs> cannot take on a lifetime commitment of a pet, then just don't fucking get one. I know that there are some certain situations where you know you may not be able to afford to take care of them. You may lose your job. You may lose their house or whatever. But when you get back on your feet, go back and get them or yeah. you know, let a family member keep them for you. But don't just dump them off like they're nothing because you wouldn't do that to your fucking kid. 
So why no. do you took on the responsibility of this pet? You took that responsibility. Cats and dogs don't live for a year or two. They live for 10, 11, 12, sometimes up to 18 years. It's a lifetime commitment. If you can't do it, then just don't get them. Don't get them. You don't deserve them. Exactly. You don't deserve them. And I don't like you automatically. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't like those type of people. I don't like you automatically. You're, you're pieces of shit in our book. Yeah, you are. Because, like, I look at, like, my fur babies and I just, like, I, I, seeing how scared they look just to drop them off at the vet just for a regular routine checkup. And it kills me. I feel so bad, even though I know that nothing bad's going to happen. And yeah. I'll be right back. Just the looks that they give me, like, oh, my God, what are you doing? Why are you giving me to this person? Right. I feel horrible. I know. That's uh, that's how we feel when we take our daughter to, like, the the pediatrician for her yearly checks. <laughs> Just like, what the fuck are you guys doing to me? I thought you loved me. Right? And it makes you feel guilty. It's like yeah. you, you take them in for a shot. And then they look at you like you've betrayed them. I know. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And, you know, to a lot of us, yes, our pets are our babies. You may not think that it's the same thing as human kids, but guess what? I go through just as much with my fur babies as parents go through with their children. I take them to the hospital. I worry about their health. They do get medication. They get their shots. They do have to be looked after. Like, they depend on you. Don't be pieces of shit. If you don't think that you can handle it, then just don't get one. No, yeah. I, I, I would have to agree with you 1,000% on that. Yeah. So anyways, that's the on that. All right. <laughs> so uh, that is episode 27, guys. Woohoo! Thank you guys for sticking with us. Thank you to everybody who listens. Thank you to new listeners. Really, really, really thank you to old listeners for sticking with us. Yes. We appreciate you guys more than you know. Um, but that's our time for tonight. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe, share, follow. We are on Facebook and Instagram at Stay Nerdy Podcast. Yeah, absolutely, guys. And if you, if you have any suggestions, questions, comments, hit us up on our email at janeablepod at gmail.com. And tune in next week for episode 28 and your next dose of Stay Nerdy Podcast. Goodbye, everybody. Tom, you're going to be a great dad. <laughs> Congratulations, Tom. Congratulations. Goodbye, everybody. Stay nerdy, friends. Stay nerdy.